The Lombada Party. That's the horniest dance in the world, according to 1994. We hadn't we hadn't met the Macarena yet. Yeah, so exactly. Still the Lombada. The horniest of dances. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode. Shows that sucked and shows that flowed. Hello and welcome to a very special episode, the podcast where we discuss very special episodes of TV, guest starring recently departed celebrities. I am your host, Austin Gorton, and with me wielding a pair of serving trays is David Bitsenoffer. And drawing the short straw is... Oh, Carolyn Maine. I should have gone for those trays. Hey, they're good <laughs> props. You know, they're, they're very versatile as a comedic tool. <laughs> You're a comedic tool. <laughs> if David had gone with the short straw, then we could have made a small penis joke. I wonder if anyone would think of that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, tonight we are discussing Season 9, Episode 20 of Married with Children, Ship Happens, or possibly Ship Happens Part 2, it's a little unclear. Uh, it is a the second part of a two-parter in which the Bundys, uh, Al and Peg, as well as Marcy and Jefferson, win a cruise, and then the cruise sinks, and then they end up in a lifeboat with a traditionally non-attractive woman and everybody's favorite grading comedian, Gilbert Gottfried. They really play into the idea that nobody likes him, but he had to sign up for it? I don't know. We'll get into it. So, yes, we are. Uh, obviously, I picked this episode uh, as we are recording in the wake of Gilbert Gottfried's recent passing. Um, a lot of his TV stuff was voice work. So I thought, let's go with something where he actually shows up. And to your point, David, it's it's not like he's not playing a character. He's playing himself. Yeah. and seems to be engaging with his persona as a comedian a little bit here. So. That's why we went with this one. Um, I think we've all been on a Married with Children episode before. I believe so. We did the Christmas episode Mm. uh, once upon a time. But we could talk briefly about uh, any strong feelings we have about one uh, parrot from Aladdin, (laughs) Gilbert Gottfried. (laughs) Oh, you remember when they made him the bird of the Jungle Cruise? No, um, the Tiki Room in Disneyland. Oh, God, that's right. I totally forgot about that until right. now. I was just they thinking They briefly about replaced him with one in, in one of, for one of the birds' voices. Right, and people hated it, but looking back on it, pretty good. Uh, <laughs> right. Just right. like Gilbert, just like his persona here. He's. I'm glad you picked one with his face, Austin, because he's so charming. Iago probably is his biggest thing I know him as. As a kid, I think I also watched problem child where he's another great heel character well yeah i I realized in hindsight that uh we've we've created a a de facto mini marathon here where we're doing episodes starring actors from problem child oh right because john ritter's company last week and now so david your next episode you got to find something you do seinfeld with michael richards or See if uh, Amy Gazbeck, uh, Gazmeath, whatever, yes, what, the gals. All I'm learning um, is you all remember Yazbeck. the actors from Problem Child a lot better than I do. Because John Ritter is where my that. knowledge begins and ends. And frankly, I'm not even sure it began there. But that that's the only one I can picture. Two things I have to say about that. I couldn't tell you the name of the titular problem child himself. Mm-hmm. No, I'm Just sorry. the people arrayed around him in that movie. And I was mildly obsessed with it as a kid. Really? I watched it a lot uh, <laughs> when I was maybe like 10. Uh, so that's some of that is seared into my, I, my I think I struggled with the problem child series because the problem child seemed like an asshole. And I'm like, why, why, why do I like this kid who's just it. an asshole? <laughs> And Austin he is had very much, no problems with that. Yeah, he is very much. I I was a weird kid, and that I I was drawn to John Ritter in, oh, <laughs> in you too, in those huh? Movies. I was always well, like, if you're Aw. drawn to John Ritter, then boy, do I have the Three's Company episode for you. Everybody guessed why immediately. Austin, everyone knew it was about his ball. Um, I didn't guess Amy Yazbek. You know? It only occurred Pretty to me quiet. when he was wearing those short shorts that, like, you might be able <laughs> Which, to see his balls. 
He would have done it Anyways. every episode. <laughs> we get from Gilbert Gottfried to John Ritter's balls. It's a strong <laughs> orbit around that sack. But Gilbert, Gilbert is amazing. I thought of Gilbert for a voice role myself. I never made this movie, but he would play somebody's penis. So it's kind of related. And um, he was, right. he's, <laughs> he's very funny. And he just has that whole persona and what you've heard from actors and comedians talking about him is that he was just a total sweetheart until the microphone turned on and then he would just go full blast (laughs) right right really funny guy um and he's always been there and it's sad that all of a sudden he's not because he had a very particular kind of charm and that one in a million voice like you said he did a lot of voice work so i'm very familiar with him i already miss him and I'm glad he's stuck on this cruise ship with the Bundys. How about you, David? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like Gilbert Godfrey is, like, a lot funnier than a lot of people seem to have given him credit for, at least mm-hmm. earlier in his career. But he always got work, though, I guess. But it's interesting because he's very much a comedian who's famous for being a comedian, which isn't as prevalent as you might think. And, like, because I can't really... Th- I obviously knew of him for most of my life, but I can't really think of like a role that I would say is like the iconic role that put him on the map kind of thing in any sort of TV or movie. Right. He was always, right. Oh I, mean, God for I mean, people know he was Iago, but you kind of knew who he was before he was Iago. Right. Like, yeah, that's true. Like it wasn't like, Oh, who, who is that uniquely voiced actor yeah. who did that parrot? You were like, Oh, Gilbert Gottfried's the parrot. Yeah, exactly. What was our point of reference prior mm-hmm. to that? I don't know. <laughs> You just knew him. He's kind of like Gallagher in that case, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Another shout out. <laughs> but I guess Gallagher. Was, well, I guess they, you just have to be known for something because Gilbert Godfrey's the voice, right? That's what Pete, that's what made him stand out for the most part right. beyond anything right. else. And I guess Gallagher hit watermelons in that. I guess also somehow you. Uh... <laughs> Was somehow equally yeah. useful at building a career. You didn't have to do much in the 80s and 90s, did you? <laughs> Clearly you not. didn't. I mean, hats off to Gallagher for just doing the bare minimum and making a career out of it. I feel really bad that we keep diverging from Gilbert Godfrey or trying to respect to just other people. Other less funny people in the end, right? But, uh, right. No, right. but I mean, yeah, I think he was funny. I think I enjoy. I enjoyed him, and I... I don't think I ever got this whole episode, at least in regards to him, is just about how quote annoying he is. And even when I was young, even when I was young, I don't think I found him like particularly annoying. I think I always thought he was fairly funny. Obviously, being like a little grating is a shtick, but it worked out. Yeah. Me. So yeah, you would want to be stuck in a small lifeboat with him, David? I, I think it'd be fun time. I would enjoy. It it. I was I was on the Jefferson fun. crew. I was just laughing at his stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think my experience with Gilbert Godfrey is pretty much the same. Like I said, big problem child fan. That was probably where I first encountered him. Um, not that he has a huge role in that or anything, but he mm-hmm. shows up a couple times. Um, he's not even, he doesn't even get like a big comedic moment or anything. Like he, he's a fairly straight character in both the problem child movies, which is surprising that they didn't try to hmm. give him something to do. There, Who was he but, in uh, I don't even remember him. He was like he the was authority the, figure, right? Yeah, he was like the director of the orphanage where the problem child came from. Yeah, okay, yeah, like where, I kind he, of where he was that. with the nuns, and he tormented the nuns, and then Gilbert Gottfried cons John Ritter and Amy Aspect into mm. um, ta- thinking he's like this great kid and taking. I him. mean, we do have to shout out to his appearance in Saved by the Bell, the Las Vegas Wedding, right? Man. Why don't I remember that, you guys? <laughs> I don't know. He was Screech's pimp. Yeah. Remember what? how Screech? Remember how Screech got? He I, went on that like no. uh, gigolo date with the not traditionally the unattractive female. And Gilbert yeah, with Goffrey? the big lady. Yeah. She, he was the one who set that up. He was like a Vegas <laughs> jack of all trades who weaved his way through the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna he have to watch that again. Jesus. <laughs> He was officiating uh, Zach and Kelly's Vegas wedding until their parents stormed in and were like, no son of mine will be married by Gilbert Gottfried. (laughs) We're going to go out on this cliff where your principal could be there. Wow. Okay. Hmm. (laughs) And to your point, David, I mean, that was again, just like, oh, it's Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, exactly. Like (laughs) Like, when he shows up, you're like, oh, it's that guy. 
Uh, more was, recently, yeah. more recently, I enjoyed his turn as the voice of Jared Kushner on John Oliver's Last Week Tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, I kind of remember a, that. Yeah. Whenever he would do a bit with Jared Kushner, it was Gilbert Godfrey was doing the voice. Was so that good. Was, was entertaining. So yeah, it's... he was Center Square for a long time on Hollywood yeah, Squares. He was. He There's had some good really, ones. Oh yeah, really great yeah. ones of those. He just, I think, his last role, one of his last roles, is he played God on this new cartoon smiling friends and he just oh i think i remember i haven't seen it but i remember reading about him doing that i watched the clip it was very good he played he just like rolls in as this huge like muscle hunt god and saves this little dumb cartoon guy from hell and just jumps him to heaven it's pretty good for a final role it's kind of like the guy in transformers (laughs) <laughs> or Orson Welles, Orson Welles. <laughs> Mr. <Fudgicles>. Beautiful <laughs> Astros. A million times. Orson Welles was playing a planet devouring <laughs> creature. It's a uh, the party the planet devouring transformer. Yep. <laughs> he yep. loves devouring. He loves it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gilbert, Gilbert, and the aristocrats. He had yeah, a yeah, fantastic yeah, turn in. So yeah, yeah. Kind of, that was comedian. just thanks to the documentary, the Penn and Teller documentary, right? Where, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah, but I do. I remember he had. Yeah, he. Yeah, not the aristocrats. <laughs> that are that are as important parents. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, I remember he had one of the more memorable tellings of the aristocrats in Which that. Came documentary. off of him making a nine eleven joke. Classic. And <laughs> nobody <laughs> laughed because it was, quote, too soon. So he's like, oh, that's too soon? Well, here's a joke for you. Oh. And to the aristocrats. Oh, yeah. he also got fired from Affleck, the duck, for, I oh, don't remember. Right. But it was yeah. a joke that was too, yeah. and they don't even think it felt that spicy. But everyone was like, whoa. Yeah, he had a reputation for being a comedian who went there when it was too soon. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of became his his approach. I really respect that. That's maybe my favorite. I try not to because I don't have enough goodwill to burn through, but <laughs> yeah, you got a really voice. It's a very delicate You have to voice a humorous sidekick in a Disney movie mm-hmm. and then you can yes. get away with a lot more. <laughs> Take over the tiki room. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So should we dive into uh, this episode? Let's Pun do it. Yeah. Another Pun married intended. the children. <laughs> So clearly the episode that we all watched was pulled from the Sinatra free DVD airings of, uh, of married with children because they did not have the rights to love and marriage. Yeah. For, if I bought a DVD of this show and it didn't have love and marriage as the opening, I'd like want my money back. I think it just, well then any DVD you'd buy of this show, you need your money back. Is it on Hulu though? Do they have it? Um, it is on Hulu. I did not check to see if it aired the um, um, yeah what, if it had the the love and marriage theme song. It's just so I iconic for say, the show, right? Like, yeah, it is. It really you don't is. realize how much you want it till it's gone. Yeah, I kind exactly. of like their eerie music version <laughs> of it, this kids' bop <laughs> bullshit, but it you, fucking sucks. Yeah, you kind of want to sing along, but you can't sing along with it anyways because it's just yeah. all like offbeat and stuff. It's and just, not exact. It's like yeah. a vibes translation and they do a good job but it sucks america (laughs) needs to get its music rights straight britain can put any song they want in any show and pay like four dollars we never get that yeah just pay the fucking musicians so we can have uh we can have our love and marriage in the opening credits so yes after after the disappointingly musakish opening credits uh we get buck the dog giving us a previously on Mm -hmm. this was this is season nine. I believe the show ran 10 seasons and towards the end here, they did a lot more of like from the dog's perspective. bits. <laughs> I um, know it's like kind of a last gasp of a sitcom, but I do like the dog gets to talk. Uh, eventually he <laughs> buck dies though, right? <gasps> In real yeah. life or on the show? On the, on the show. show. And they get In a real life die- too, I guess. Although he gets I wouldn't doubt if it was because in real life the dog <laughs> couldn't handle it anymore. No. <laughs> he yeah, can't handle right. sitting there. Like, he never has to do anything. He's I not like know, Eddie. but I mean, who knows how old he Ten was years. when he started the show. And that's, then, yeah. that's a dog's whole lifespan. He yeah. gets to right? He's a moderately sized dog, and depending mm, on how true. old he was when, when they started. 
the uh, the the show. Yeah, he they I think he gets reincarnated in a poodle, yeah, or a, a cocker spaniel or something like that. Lucky is the name of the new dog, but it's at some point you find out it's it's Buck, but <laughs> it just looks like a different dog. Poor Buck, he really hates these Bundies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just wants to be fed. So, He's like Al in that regard. Enough <laughs> happened where they referenced what was going on in the previous episode that it made me at least investigate the previous episode just to see <laughs> how they. Well, that's good because I didn't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just rolled with the previously on. <laughs> and you were too lazy to even make this like a double uh, episode recording, right? You just. Correct. 100%. Yeah, I thought about it. I was like, oh, should we do both the two-parters? But I know for a fact that Gilbert Godfrey doesn't show up until this episode. Well, they mention him in the first episode. They do. do They They mention he's the entertainer on the cruise as a gag. That's great. That's great. To prove how bad this... Because I was just confused. Because they're like... It's basically... They're like, this is a fatty by day skinny, quote, hot women by night cruise, which just seemed very odd to me. Yeah, it seems like an oddly specific kind of setup for a cruise. <laughs> and the so near I could gather from watching fast forwarding through the episode and also reading a synopsis was Okay, so Pe- I was wondering about your investigative process. Okay. <laughs> Peggy won tickets to the cruise. Wait, won a ticket to the cruise through like some magazine right. contest. And of course it's gonna be something super fancy, first class, everything. But then she wants Al to come. And apparently Wolfman Jack is the one who's presenting the tickets. To, to <laughs> ticket oh. there's a, I do know there's a whole bit with Wolfman Jack that gets yeah. referenced at one point. It's very then, strange without the setup. Yeah. And so then she decides she wants to trade in her really good ticket for good t- two good tickets with Al. And then mm-hmm. I don't know what, what happened, but then uh, Marcy and Jefferson also get roped in on it so peggy decides to trade in the two good tickets for four okay tickets or whatever and of course the okay tickets then turns into they're like in the boiler room of the cruise ship right and the cruise ship they're on and i don't know if she would have been on this originally or if this is because of the trade down ends up being unbeknownst to them some sort of diet cruise where the women are right. supposed to try to lose weight. And, of course, that means all the women are, quote, overweight and thus unattractive. Right. And we know how Al feels about that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, why you'd win a trip to this diet cruise when you're not on a diet? <laughs> I don't know. But then it turns out that since they're not on the weight loss plan, after 7 o'clock, they lock all the fatties into their room. And then the crew apparently all just get into bikinis and start partying and they have all the good food out after that. And so that's what Alan Jefferson get excited about. This just seems like a very strange cruise. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Like usually cruises are all about the buffet and gorging yourself. Yeah, I know. Exactly. And then, yeah. And then, yeah, I guess Peggy got her hair done. Well, it was also weird because Marcy went out during, like, the girls went out even though the boys were, like, upset about it and just, like, moping until they learned that hot women existed on the cruise ship. <laughs> and then, But then Marcy came back drunk, and I don't know why, where she got the alcohol if this was some sort of health weight loss cruise, but there's that. But then... Peggy had gotten her hair done, so when she showed up, her hair was looking stupid, so then she didn't want to go out. So Al had to miss out on the uh, clothing-optional Lombada party that was going on. The Lombada party. That's the horniest dance in the world, according to 1994. (laughs) We we hadn't met the Macarena yet, so it was still the Lombada. The horniest of dances. Forever. And then the cruise ship went down. How did it go down? Is it his bitch wife's fault this time? <laughs> they seem to suggest that the lady they're on the raft with, who <laughs> is a bit on the hefty side. <laughs> and they, they mentioned it in this episode, but I, I don't know if it showed up in the previous that she smelled the food, the good food at night, and then like <laughs> ate her way through the hall to get to the food. <laughs> But that can't be canon. Canon? <laughs> is anything care. on the show canon? Like, what does canon no. even mean for? I don't know. Let's just say this: in one episode, 
Al Bundy took Bud <laughs> to the nudie bar and for Bud's 18th birthday, I believe it was, and gave Bud $7 to give to the strippers. And at that point, Bud said, oh, Dad, your entire paycheck. Wow. And from then on, like, you know, 14-year-old me was always trying to do the math on how they could live on $7 for per paycheck. And I'm like, is that weekly? Is that even enough per day? Like, how can you live on $7? And then I'm watching the opening when he gives like a dollar to all his kids. I'm like, that's his entire paycheck right there. How are they going to eat now? And could never quite make the math work on a $7 paycheck. But, uh, and if the only, dog gets if, a dollar, too. If only a single writer... <laughs> working on a single page of a single episode script had given it one-tenth of the thought that 14-year-old David did. I don't even think know about how much. Think about how much better the show would have been. <laughs> no, think about how much better my life would No, it's just, I guess I don't understand, I don't know, satire. I'm just saying there's nothing that's canon on the show. They just do whatever they think is funny in the moment, so I don't know. Reality on this show is as flexible as it is on The Simpsons. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. It must be fun to write for. Especially at this point in its run. I mean, early on, like the first few seasons, it was a little bit more of a traditional but crass sitcom mm-hmm. that was grounded and and um, tried to play some of that stuff straight. But like every sitcom, I mean, the longer it went on, the broader it got, the more farcical it got, and mm-hmm. it just started to break its own reality. Yeah. Then they just stopped worrying about any sort of continuity canon anything, right? And Right. Right. I mean, they do slapstick episodes where Al's, like, electrocuted or, you know. Right. Should be right. dead by the end of the episode, basically, mm-hmm. but is not. Mm-hmm. I mean, frankly, this episode yeah. does, Anne. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. So, episode begins after the previously ons mm-hmm. with uh, the Bundys and the Darcys in a lifeboat with a non-traditionally attractive woman who will become the butt of many jokes. And Gilbert Gottfried is there as well. Well, They they have like a little like, uh, he has an entrance, so to speak. I'm trying to think. (laughs) Yeah, like they have the, it's very, this is clearly this episode is an homage to Alfred Hitchcock's lifeboat. Oh, Um, is it? I didn't even know that. Okay. okay. So they, uh, uh, they, they open tight on, Al and Peggy and Jefferson and Marcy. So we just see the four of them. Mm-hmm. And then like the camera pulls back a little bit so that you see the plump woman who is with them. And then the camera pulls back further and we see that Gilbert Gottfried is yeah, on they the mentioned far that, left like, side. Well, we, at least we have the entertainment. But they're like, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's Gilbert Gottfried. And Gilbert <laughs> Gottfried is clearly bending over when they pan over. And then he like lifts himself up to reveal his yeah. face. And I think that was more for the audience than anything else. So it might have been a surprise to them, too. Oh, the studio audience. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that they didn't. Because obviously they could see everyone in the boat. Yeah, They're not yeah, aware yeah. of what the camera's doing. Yeah, that's a, that's a good catch, David. I bet you're right. They probably were trying to keep him a secret. I forgot this uh, was a live studio audience. It is. Mm. It's so exciting. I knew he was going to be here because this is why Austin was doing the episode. But when you see him... He's a real star, and he's wearing that ruffle blazer tux. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. With doing the... his little squint face. If if French Stewart is good at squinting, <laughs> Gilbert, Godfrey Gilbert Godfrey is his dad. Yeah, yeah he so looks good. so young in this, too, though. I feel like he, he does. Like, he looks so young and baby face. He's a little yeah. He's so great to see. Wow. I mean, the audience does go nuts when he appears. I mean, we get we get a decent amount of wooing. This is um, a pretty woo-heavy audience, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Also, this is I'm I'm fairly certain this is what in the biz is known as a bottle episode mm-hmm. because it's basically uh, just the cast sitting in a boat in front of a green screen for the majority of it. Yeah, but they do <laughs> switch to the house a few times, so I don't. They do. Wow. It's not entirely locked into one set. Mm-hmm. It's a ship in a bottle episode. Yeah, there we Almost. go. A little bit. This would be a great little miniature for inside the bottle. Yeah, the green screen Austin is really funny the whole time. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the old like people driving in a car as as the scenery rushes past them. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, level of effects. It's, yeah, it's, they're, they're not trying anything fancy here. Yeah, they don't. It's care. charmingly quaint. They know it's cheap, but they do change the background enough to like right, have right. effects. So. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried riffs for a little bit. We get a little taste of his comedy, 
And uh, that's basically so that we can establish that Al is not a fan, but Jefferson loves it. Well, I mean, they're, they're framing this as Gilbert Gottfried isn't funny and is annoying. And Jefferson is being is stupid for finding him funny. Right. That's the framing right. of the episode. But like I said, apparently Gilbert Gottfried read the script beforehand and was just playing into the bit that he's kind of annoying. So yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because the idea is supposed to be it's Al is stuck in a lifeboat with the two worst people possible yeah. other than his wife, a fat woman and Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the, that's the gag that's built into the entire episode. But I mean, it's not like Gilbert Godfrey doesn't know what is going on. Uh, and it did make me think David of, of your comment about what it must be like to be a overweight person who auditions for roles in which they're like, you're going to be the fat person we make fun of. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. How much fun that must be. <laughs> you just have to be like, I guess I have to take what I can get, right? Right. Yeah. The lady does seem like she's having fun, and mm-hmm. she probably thinks it's kind of shitty at some point, but she's playing the character really, like, perky and upbeat. Like, mm-hmm. she says she's going to eat Jefferson's thighs. <laughs> Who <laughs> wouldn't take They're a talking bite about- out of those, though, right? I yeah. know, right? I would. I see. Uh, we all would take a bite, right, David? Everyone, <laughs> exactly. everyone's ready. First thing we'd eat right there is plump little, plump little wiggers. Yeah, and, yeah they're talking about who beginnings. who they're going to eat when they when they get hungry. And because Jefferson laughed at Gilbert Gottfried, Al says they're going to start with him. And then she says, "I called dibs on the thighs." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 Gilbert looks so small next to this lady that. <laughs> it's a visual feast. He is He's a, a little guy. Yeah. He's uh, I also love that throughout this sequence, Marcy is wearing two life jackets. Yeah. Mm, like, it's nice. a nice little, nice little yeah, No touch. one else is wearing any, really. I mean. Right, right. It's just her, and she's got two I mean, on. I'll be frank. So, I mean, two is obviously excessive. I'd be wearing a life jacket if it was in a life raft. I mean, when... Oh, yeah, totally. So that's what she was grabbing while Gilbert got the trays. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, this is where we get a, a shout-out to Carolyn's close personal, personal friend, Gallagher. Mm-hmm. I can't believe which, it, you guys. Uh, <laughs> Al, Al laments that Gallagher couldn't have been... <laughs> the entertainer instead of Gilbert Godfrey. I mean, and then I'd be much more annoyed by Gallagher being on a life. Oh, wow. But the plump lady says, yeah, at least he'd have a watermelon. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and Al's like, look, we'd get any of it. I know. Well, it's be funny quick, because man. she'd eat the watermelon, but I, I know watermelon, they're like the healthiest fruit, but they're not like fat people food, right? They're, it's not I, chocolate I feel cake, like, right? Right, and it would kill two birds with one stone because it would help them with the water issue. Yeah, they yeah, exactly. Have. They have no food or 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 drink. I mean, at one point they say they've been on the raft for twenty four hours. This is later, and right? I'm just saying everyone mm-hmm. looks actually remarkably good for uh, right. not eating right. or drinking for a day. Except but, well. except Al, he looks like shit, and Peg's hair is that's kind just of how funny. he looks all the time. Though it know. is. Right. He's a hard life. <laughs> Uh, the group decides they need a leader for some reason, and uh, Al appoints himself uh, captain of the lifeboat on the strength of his encyclopedic knowledge of Gilligan's Island. Yeah, uh, which never really comes up is, again, though, right? Like you thought it, it doesn't. No. <laughs> it, it doesn't. But this is leadership criteria that I think we can all get behind. <laughs> I think if we switch switch to a world where. Uh, inane TV knowledge is what <laughs> qualifies you for higher office. We would all be better off. Uh-huh. If it, yeah, if it was about Gilligan's, I don't know. I might be in the lead because I edited our ALF episode. So. Yeah, right? Gilligan, you, right? you'd probably be in the lead. I might win. He's a little outside of us, but we'll see, guys. We'll see if we're all ever on a boat together, which TV show, well, which vessel is the most relevant to which TV show mm-hmm. is right. setting. Yeah. Right. Uh, so Gilbert does a little bit of uh, tries to lighten the mood with a little bit of prop comedy because he smuggled a couple of large serving trays yeah. onto the boat. So he does a like Mickey Mouse thing with the using them as the ears and then a, a midget putting a dime in a pigeon, uh, a payphone or a pigeon putting a dime. This in was a more off color. That's why I assumed I heard midget, too, though. <gasps> OK, I could be the wrong person then. OK. <laughs> We'll see. I felt like that was apt for Gilbert Gottfried's yeah, form of comedy. And uh, for our younger, or whenever yeah. it was, you know. 
for our younger listeners, a dime is a small piece of metal <laughs> worth one tenth of a dollar. Wow. And a payphone is a device that was publicly available for you to make telephone calls on. <laughs> because you didn't have a phone on you because at all times. You didn't have a small computer. In fact, in your whenever pocket. you left yeah. the house, you didn't have a phone on you and you had to find other ways. Phones were just phones. They didn't yeah. tell you hot goss or who died or you could call <laughs> and ask someone. You couldn't look up porn on them. Yeah. Although you, you could just go call certain numbers and listen to porn, if you know what I'm saying. It's true, but it would cost a lot of money yeah, yeah, yeah. if you had to do that to a payphone. And that's why me. this time period is known as the Dark Ages. It's so dark. I really doubt we have young listeners. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. Listen up, kids. <laughs> Although, I, I'll just say, I did find his... Uh, well, I had two questions. I found his... Mm. Prop comedy, comedy, pretty funny, actually. Uh, it's his yep. real comedy right here. Yeah, that's, that's what stuff. I was like. Does he actually? Yeah, do I'm that sure this is. Yeah, I'm sure this is from his routine. Yeah, it is. Because so then he, they just he, they just had to. He was like, "This is the routine I'm doing," and they're like, "Well, I guess you got trays with you, so just explain that that you smuggled them." So we cut to the Bundy household. Uh, Bud comes downstairs to watch the news. Kelly is watching Looney Tunes, um, from what we can gather. She's worried about bugs and is hoping this is a rerun so that he'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, they turn on the news, and there's a little bit of a voiceover about Wolfman Jack having been found dead in a ditch somewhere. I don't know if he's dead. He was just... He's found found and gagged. Bound and gagged, that's Mm -hmm. right, yeah. Which is a reference. He was in part one, like you said, David, the guy that yeah. delivered the tickets to peg and i think that the, uh, the gag is he just stayed behind and like babysat the kids or something and yeah was being just yeah. weird oh. or something and so they tried to kill him but unsuccessfully but then the police didn't care i guess i don't know okay well that makes more sense almost uh, <laughs> as they're watching the news they then learn about the crews having sunk um and that Uh, All of the survivors have been accounted for, except for one raft containing Gilbert Gottfried and a woman with strange red hair. And Kelly is worried that Gilbert Gottfried and one of the Judds are lost Mm -hmm. at sea. Waka waka. uh, Which made me chuckle mildly. (laughs) Uh, They decide to run off to the Caribbean. Buck tries to remind them to leave some food for him Mm -hmm. before they leave for a multi-day trip to... Uh, find their parents. But right as they head out the door, a media circus descends on the house. Uh, reporters want their story, and uh, Bud is is quick to dismiss them until he finds out that uh, there's money in it, in which point he tells Kelly to get those people a Snapple. Oh, well, yeah, man. so they offer them a million dollars for an exclusive, and there's no qualifications on it. Or, like, yeah... Um... No stipulations. Stipulation, no. yeah, to it. They just said a yeah. million dollars for an exclusive. I'm like, so I think he just gets the million dollars. They didn't say, if your parents die, we'll give you the million dollars for it or anything. And later wow, they equivocate on other things. But I'm like, at that point, I think he just gets the million dollars. I don't know why that's not more of a thing for the rest of the episode. but Yeah, they kind of let it drop, and I don't think they get that paycheck. Mm-hmm. Those are, reporters are just lying to get the Snapple, David. I know. <laughs> And then I also... Snapple, the drink of the mid-90s. <laughs> oh my god, Snapple. And also, I don't know where all these like publications are getting that kind of money like that, but you know, whatever. Well, this is, you know, this is 95. Uh-huh. This is the heyday of of tabloid journalism to a certain extent. You know, you've got the, the ascendancy of Jerry Springer and uh, Sally Jesse Raphael and Ricky Lake and all of the uh, Geraldo is still out there doing their Maury. thing. You got hard copy and Maury. Hard and copy. Current affairs. Yes. The Richard Bay show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they kind of the, the the subplot such as it is to this episode is a very thinly half-hearted critique of media of the media culture of the day and how scandal and and uh, um, negativity, you know, abuse and things like that it's focused on. Yeah, I still think uh, if someone was saved by dolphins, that'd be a big story, but whatever. Right, well, well, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, so then uh, we go back to the uh, 
the boat coming back from a commercial. Alan Jefferson are peeing off the side of the boat and the audience is wooing their heads off. They love it. They're like peeing together. That's, mm. I mean, they're really good friends. Is that what you guys would do on a boat? I mean, if I had to pee, I mean, I, I'd pee off a boat if I'm on a life raft, right? Like, I don't know the right. alternative. Now, you'd think they'd be pretty dehydrated and... Exactly. That was my be, note. Would they drink their pee-pee? Are they that dehydrated? I heard that. Don't you have to, like, sterilize your pee or, like, boil? Like, well, according know. to... According to the Kevin Costner masterpiece, Water, Water World, World, there is a process one has to go through before one can drink one's own pee for proper hydration. Uh, he does a thing with it, and it comes thing, and there's a thing, and then he drinks it. That's the only part of the movie I paid attention to when I was a kid. <laughs> I've never seen take it, so Taking I've notes for the future. In no, case. I didn't take notes. I'm just like, pee world, pee world, pee world. <laughs> like, but, he was, but he was also like... Uh, uh, a vaguely mutated mer creature of some kind, yeah, so maybe like, that gave him the ability to drink his own urine. I don't know. He like gills on his dick, I think. I do remember a long <laughs> time ago, Austin and I had a discussion whether Batman drank his own pee at any point in his life. <laughs> at I think any point, that, that had to have happened. He had to have like against the Riddler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been. We find out it's been twenty four hours. Uh, they discuss food, getting food, and Peggy reveals that she has the flare. She has a flare gun, uh, but Al says we can't use that to shoot fish. We need that so that the rescuers can find us um, when they get near. But then Peggy freaks out that they'll see her weird hair, so she throws the flare gun overboard. Ah ha ha! Waka. Waka. <laughs> mm-hmm. Women, um, wives, and women—they're so yeah. terrible, they right? Just don't oh, get she's what's a, going on, do they? Women in their hair, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, instead, Al takes an oar that's in the boat, and I guess he whacks a fish with it off of the side of the yeah. boat. Well, they seem um, to think like there's just a ton of fish just swimming on the surface of the ocean, which I, I don't think really happens all that often. But I don't know. <laughs> Right. Maybe I'm an uh, idiot there. So uh, Jefferson points out that um, when one dumps blood in the water, it tends to attract other bigger fish, and soon enough, a uh, comically cheap shark fin <laughs> begins patrolling the uh, the outside of the lifeboat. I love but- that effect, you guys. It's like <laughs> before CG, half of things were done with one green screen yeah. and the I mean, perspectives it's, all off and it's just so good. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a dark gray bed sheet on a triangular frame. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, you know, they just, they called up the prop department and had them hammer something together a few minutes before go live, I think, is what... Oh, uh, yeah. hey, it worked, whatever it was. It worked on me. Right. It, it did. So good, because they, like, played a little bit of ominous, sharky mm-hmm. music. Yeah, Jaws-esque kind of music. But wouldn't yeah. you know... Episode MVP, Gilbert Gottfried scares it away with his comedy. <laughs> he does a Jerry Lewis impression, so they're doing like double annoying comedian. Uh-huh. It's really good. And a little bit earlier, they were going to use Gilbert for shark bait. That's right. It's just a good moment. <laughs> but now he's, he redeemed himself. He scared away the shark. Um, I did like that uh, uh, Al says that, that Peggy complains that they never do anything together and now they're dying together, so is she happy now? <laughs> and um, Al says, now I know why Jacques Cousteau only has men on the Calypso, which I, I guess is the name of his ship. Yeah. Uh, and then Gilbert Gottfried says, uh, that's not why. <laughs> and the audience <laughs> loses their shit, and I guess it's just a, a gay joke, and yeah. that's like the funniest damn thing in 1995 <laughs> at this point. Hey, that Jacques Cousteau. He's, he's French. Right? Like, I, it's, yeah. <laughs> so it's, and like earlier, Al's complaining about Peggy, of course. He is the whole time. And he's like, Al, I'm hungry. Al, I'm horny. Like saying his bitch wife always wants food or sex. So mm-hmm. it's like, so Al hates women. Well, he likes women. He hates his wife. So who is he to call Jacques Cousteau gay for also not liking his wife? I yeah. don't know. Yeah, he even said, oh, 
What was the joke? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I love me joke. I almost had it. Now, now I know why Jacques Cousteau only has men on no, the No, he had a joke about how he doesn't have sex yeah. with his wife because he has right. time. Like, where do you find the time to watch all the Gilgan's Island episodes? It's actually. Island. Right. That's what else. I'm not having sex with you. Yeah, he's Instead a little I'm not having sex. Yeah. You. And I'm like, yeah, now he's we- making fun of some other guy for not having sex with women either. So I <laughs> Would you say that you don't have sex with your wife in front of Gilbert Gottfried? Like, I'd be really scared he'd embarrass me. He's uh, embarrassing Gilbert. I also enjoyed the joke where uh, after Al knocks out the fish but doesn't get it into the boat and Jefferson's warning him about the shark, he's like, don't you know where dead fish go? And Gilbert Gottfried says, to the Red Lobster? <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> And I like earlier when that red lobster, right? I like earlier when Al just is like trying to kind of murder everybody. He hates everybody, and he tells them to quiet sea hags. Yes, and that the toilet all flushes into the ocean. And that's when Jefferson <laughs> yeah. was drinking like yeah, a dog. Yeah, I don't know what Jefferson was doing. He was like splashing ocean water on his face for some reason <laughs> to cool down. I guess I don't know. So then we go back to the house, yeah. and there, there's a bit, so there... <laughs> I know where you're going Kelly, with this. <laughs> there's Kelly two people walking Bud. down the stairs who are Yeah, so the idea is Kelly and crew. Bud are being, like, swamped by these reporters, but the, the, the cut into the scene starts at the top of the stairs at behind in the living room and it follows two random people as they come downstairs and are like pulling their pants on and the idea is obviously that like they were upstairs having sex <laughs> but that's it like that's the like it's just two random people this i don't is, know who they are this is very married with children of like just something happening and that being the joke as in how often is just a toilet flushing the joke even though it has nothing to do right. with like anything else like it just the show opens and there's a toilet flush and everyone woots their ass off as it's al comes into the scene and you're like yeah i guess he was taking a dump before this i don't know i don't know why that's the joke or uh, al and jefferson peeing off the raft is just the joke that's just, just the fact that they have bodily functions is a joke i guess I'm, those men pee isn't it hilarious and i guess these two people had sex in the house which is weird i guess but it doesn't yeah yeah, it's just so random yeah. and puzzling. Um, so we follow this this random post-coital couple <laughs> as as they come downstairs, and then we are uh, we watch the intro from a Latino woman mm-hmm. who has appeared in the series before, yeah. or will I don't know, or will appear again. This is a running gag where she has a traditionally. Mm. Latin American sounding last name. It's also and very says it, long, and she says it with an accent, and so said, thus. Yes, and very quickly. It's Miranda Veracruz de la Joya Cardinal is uh, is her name, but she says it very fast and with a lot of flair, and much like the peeing off the boat or the couple having sex, the fact that she has a Latin American name and says it funny is funny, I guess. Because it's not white, Austin. It's funny yes, because is, they're it's a weird different culture. than us. Yes. The news has that gotten too weird. woke and now has like all these minorities <laughs> on it. That's the joke. And yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, so she introduces uh, uh, the interview of Bud and Kelly and everybody tries to sensationalize it and talk about, were you abused as children? Did you know Michael Jackson? Um, all kinds. They they throw all sorts Bill Clinton. of Clinton. Yeah, uh, uh, mid nineties sex scandal figures <laughs> uh, into into the mix. Yeah, did do, were, were mm-hmm. you molested by Snapple? <laughs> I um, was. <laughs> um, and Bud tries to make a point about the flailing integrity of the press that they used to be about Edward R. Murrow and Walter Cronkite and no one knows who those people are, the none of the reporters, and now they're just a bunch of vultures. But then when he, they start feeding Kelly dollar bills, she pretty much just tells them everything that they want to hear about all the weird sex stuff that's going on in their house. And that's what they get instead of the millions is like twenty dollars mm. of singles. They should have kept those five hundred billion they were mm. promised. I'd probably say a few lies to the press if they were going to give me a million dollars. I'll be honest. 
Yeah, Rad is out, David. Had more Cut me in later. I did at that point. So. <laughs> you guys, um, this, I have something. I question, and it's a little mean, probably. But how come Christina Aguilera turned into like the world's hottest woman of 1994? And Bud just kind of turned into this really little guy, like a dried out <laughs> apple husk. <laughs> All right, well, there's a lot to unpack there. I was confused yeah. for a second, but I believe you're referring to Christina Applegate, not Christina oh, Aguilera. You're right. Thank you. <laughs> she was also an attractive lady. She, she was hit very from, of, like from the late 2000s. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. Yes, Applegate, Apple Doll. Oh, that fits. Hmm. Yes, it is a little bit of a, a portrait of Dorian Gray situation <laughs> where, like, the hotter Kelly gets, the chudlier David Faustino gets. Why is it? Why? It's so mean. She took his beauty. <laughs> uh, but her punishment for that is that she also gets dumber. The hotter she gets, the dumber she gets. Like It's true. By this point, I mean her just being, uh, uh, again, it just it, everything. She was all, she was never smart, but the longer it goes on, she just gets broader and dumber to the point where like she just couldn't function as a human being anymore at this point in the mm-hmm. series, realistically. But uh, back on the boat, night has fallen, and uh, in what is probably my favorite part of the episode, Gilbert Godfrey does a spot on Jerry Seinfeld impression. Yeah, yeah he does do that. Who it's I, I guess I was surprised Jerry Seinfeld was a thing at that point, but I, I don't know. The timing on well, Seinfeld is... always confuses me. Yeah, I mean, this is 95 was when this aired. So, I mean, that's that's pretty much Seinfeld's heyday. Yeah, I mean, the, I just feel like sitcom, in my right? mind, Seinfeld was always later, but obviously wasn't. But I'm, yeah. I'm old I mean, and didn't I mix it... things up in my head pretty easily. When did the Nine. when did the Seinfeld finale that everyone hated air? Uh, wasn't that like 90? Yeah. Oh, was it his latest? I thought it was like. 98 maybe maybe you're right maybe you're right my point is being I, I mean for as long as that show ran we're we're in the thick of seinfeld mania at this point I yeah think. probably like his new heyday and and gilbert does such a good job with it first of all it really is an does. impression and yeah. secondly he stops doing the gilbert thing which right, is amazing <laughs> yeah yeah the What's candy stuff bosses could he like talk like it a normal started in 89 and ended in 98 Awesome, okay. had it. Yeah, I mean, we're three years out from the end of it at this point. Yeah, I guess. So. You know. Yeah. And some of it, uh, I'm surprised at how long Married with Children was on as well. True. I, suppose, right? I mean, it's, yeah. one of, it's definitely one of those sitcoms that you associate with a very specific time, but also aired for 10 years. Yeah, exactly. And so it, right. it has to exist. By definition, it has to exist outside of that very specific time. But it's always weird when you're reminded of that. Fox just didn't cancel it. It just it was their linchpin, and it went on forever. Like mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there was a not insignificant period of time in which Sunday nights were Simpsons, Married with Children, and the X Files. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it's wow. weird to think of like all of that existing in a. Like all in a in a block like that together. Right, the X Files feels so modern next to that, even though The Simpsons is the one that's still running to yeah, me quite right. a long time ago. Right. of itself, but... yeah. Gosh, yeah. Uh, so Al suggests that one of them swim for help. Yeah, well, uh, Marcy. David, <laughs> the episode's winding down the, here. Revocation. We of need being to a leader, move right? things along here. <laughs> we, you want to just sit there and wait to get rescued? We gotta, we gotta move things along. Yeah, just jump into happen. the middle of the ocean and just start swimming. What are you talking about here? Right, right. Yes, it is a foolish plan uh, on par with with Gilligan. I guess this is what, <laughs> yeah, what happens when you put someone when you put someone in charge because of Gilligan's Island know how. You're going to get a Gilligan out of Gilligan. Plan, I he yes. didn't even try something with a coconut. He didn't even try. He just right. ready to yeah. unalive himself. Which so of is course fair. No, no one volunteers to go night swimming to a distant shore that may or may not exist. Understandably so. Uh, Marcy decides to or uh, suggests drawing straws. Uh, the plump lady comically has straws, I guess. Because the, plump? Yeah. Because yeah, she has straws. Because fat, I guess. I don't. I don't get it. Makes sense to me. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. David gets it. Okay. Uh, so she has straws. Every time I see someone, I'm like, mm, she looks a little hefty. She's got a lot of straws in those pockets. <laughs> yeah, as everyone knows, the overweight and their straws. I'm just that ready to drink. Mm. Okay. Uh, Al makes a joke about how we all know who's going to get the short straw. And uh, I'm a little unclear. Wh- so the idea when you draw straws is it's like a number of things of varied length. Yeah. And you arrange them you know someone holds them in their hand so that they're all even on the top but in the bottom they have different lengths correct yeah so you you don't i she just hands the straws to al and then they all draw Yeah, i mean you didn't manipulate the straws in any way in order unless unless she had varying sizes of straws on right that's my question did she not only have what uh six straws but she had six straws of varying lengths on hand Yeah, exactly same width but different lengths (laughs) Right? You know how All plump ladies the are. <laughs> plump ladies and their straws. <laughs> well, I think the joke is plump people always have straws on them because they assume if they get into a place where there's no food, they'll have to draw straws for who gets eaten. Ah, do, I see. They, do you they really have that think so? Okay. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Let's go with it. Uh, so then a couple of predictable things happen. Al draws the short straw. Peggy makes a joke about the size of Al's dick. Mm. Uh, Al swims off. and then Al swims uh, off while Peggy is like saying yeah. that she loves him and he's brave or whatever. And he's Peggy like, starts getting this? sentimental, which encourages Al to jump into the ocean quicker. Right, yeah. right. That's the joke. Uh, then Gilbert Godfrey tries to get paid because you know, those, those comedians, yeah. they're always after their bling, am I right? <laughs> Comedians love oversized checks. Annie's <laughs> <laughs> eyes check pretty good, and no one has any money because I do like how Jefferson asked Marcy for a $20 bill. Like, it's cute that she holds the purse strings. <laughs> and that he's so, he's such a fan of Gilbert Gottfried that he's like, Of course I've got to pay him. Give him a 20, Marcy. The and man, of course, he's a but... bit oblivious to how money works, so he just assumes she always has money on him, even though she very clearly. Would not have yeah. money in this situation because everything sank with the ship. But, you know. Right, right. Uh, and then the raft, just after Al leaves, well, not, I mean, he's gone at this point. Um, the raft is found by a yacht of congressmen who are wasting taxpayer dollars by having a party on their yacht, which yeah. is... On international waters, I guess. I yeah, which is as as broad a satire as some of the media stuff earlier in the mm-hmm. episode. And that, like, not wrong. I guess you're not wrong, but I, it's kind of lazy and obvious. <laughs> so timely, though. Yeah. And like the media satire, as apt today as it was in 1995. <laughs> Remember sadly. when politicians were corrupt in 1995, <laughs> you guys? <laughs> that kind of corruption was so quaint. After everybody gets rescued by the congressman, we cut to the Bundy home. Uh, Peggy is now being interviewed by the uh, non-white and thus apparently hilarious reporter. Uh, Al still has not been found, and the swarm of reporters at the Bundy house promise to pay Peggy a fortune if Al turns up dead. Which, of course, is Al's cue to turn up at that moment well, alive and well. So they're trying to, like, ply her with money to say that he abused her. Right. And one of the jokes is, he made me live in this house. And drive, yeah, and drive around in that Dodge. Yeah. And- well, I mean, and it's like they've joked about the house before, but to me, the house always seemed fairly nice and decent size. Right. <laughs> Right, the like house it's it's is brown, but it's not bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not the most sharply decorated. Job, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a little it's a little rundown, but like I don't know, it's a three story house. They have a basement. I they have a, an upstairs. They've got at least two you bedrooms know, uh, or three bedrooms right. at least. Yeah, three bedrooms. Yeah, yeah three bedrooms. Yeah, kitchen, such, dining room. They have an ensuite bathroom for the master wow. bath, and that's presumably a second bathroom. Right. Mm-hmm. Listen, listen, to us old ass people talking about the the real estate benefits of the Bundy household. Like, yeah, I mean, I in today's in today's kid, market, even as that a kid, house could clear, you know, four fifty k easy, easy. <laughs> and it's so funny because like now people can't barely afford houses all the more, and like the Simpsons and the Bundys complaining about their perfectly nice houses. It's like you seem to shut the 
fuck. No, I mean, you're right, David. Even as a kid, I, I was like, this house seems fine. In the same way that, like, as a kid, I never understood why Al didn't want to have sex with Peggy. Because yeah. I'm like, she's a hot, buxomy redhead. What is your problem? <laughs> right? Why did they get married if his penis is so sad at her all the time? I thought there was some allusion to him getting her pregnant, but I might be wrong on that. But well, and, he, and early in the series... To. It was different. Like early in the series, they had a like lusty sex life and it was mutually. Oh, yeah. Like (laughs) they they were both into each other. And it was that the whole like Al is repulsed by Peg and doesn't want to have sex with her and just wants to be alone thing is very much a uh, uh, creation of the series midway through its its life or so. So we get to watch his penis die over time. Pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, it's not like it's a, I mean, it's a gradual thing. And it clearly is a situation where they started making those jokes and the audience responded to it. And so then they ran with it and then it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and became a thing. But yeah, like in the first couple seasons, they're, they're, they're pretty Randy couple. Um, Both of them, which is. Wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they want to pay Peggy to, for her story, as long as Al turns up dead and she talks about how abusive her life is because she has to live in this apparent crap shack and drive around in this shitty car. And then Al turns up alive. Uh, Peggy tries to pass him off Mm -hmm. as Al's identical twin brother. Um, but of the the media figures it out and, because she'd get uh, like five hundred thousand if he's dead or something like that. Right, right, right. And if she cries and if he was abusive, and I was mm. like, well, he was emotionally abusive. <laughs> you guys are in an abusive marriage. The house is fine. It's right, right. <laughs> we all treat each other. It's not. Uh, this is, yeah. of course, another one of your favorite sitcom tropes, David. The uh, family that has a fortune snatched away from them right at the last <laughs> minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So then and Peggy the, tells the twin Al, like, just be quiet. It'll be worth your while. It's that much money. And he's like, five dollars? <laughs> to, to your earlier point, David, about how skewed the sense of money yeah, is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's almost well, it's funny paycheck. that Al thinks five dollars is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then I think he turns uh, on $500,000 later, but I don't know. Yeah, it, it, we'll get to this. This show, this show, uh, uh, thrived on the. They almost had it made until the very end, kind of plots. I feel like they do that every third episode mm-hmm. or so. Yeah, Al always screwed up in the end. Um. So Al tells his story to the Latino reporter, uh, and all she really wants to know if any of the dolphins who rescued him from the sharks abused him yeah which is a valid question because there is a lot of dolphin human molestation stuff <laughs> that goes on you it's true there's a king of the hill episode about that i like um, that one the dolphin confrontation yeah. la grunta um <laughs> but to your uh, david i mean to your point i feel like this man jumps off a raft in the ocean gets attacked by sharks, rescued by dolphins, and turned up alive? This seems like a sensational story that yeah, the exactly. media would be all over. Yeah. And why not just say the dolphins molested him if there's money in it? I would say that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, yeah, the dolphins aren't going to care. They're not going to get it. Right. Also true. Yeah, they'll never know. Um, and also, apparently, Al never had time from when he was rescued to when he got home to, like, change clothes or anything because he's... Yeah. He's right. They live in Chicago. Yeah, I guess he walked from the the <laughs> Caribbean shore to Chicago, I guess. I don't know. And he's just like, yeah, his shorts are ripped up. Like, he looks pretty good. Mm. Just like the prop guy spent two minutes <laughs> with some scissors. took a pair scissors. of scissors to the bottom of his pants. <laughs> yeah, very efficient <laughs> prop work on this show. Um, so, yeah, the reporter leaves. We get another Kelly is dumb joke. We get another Al's penis is small joke. And then Al declares, that's it. He's done. No more magazine contests. And then the doorbell rings and it's Gilbert Gottfried with an enormous check. Oh I guess God. the idea is it's supposed to be like Publishers Clearinghouse. And he's won, but Al just slams the door in his face. That's like It was like at least 500000 I think I saw on the check. I mean, what's he doing? It was a lot here? of money. It was, yeah. What's Al yeah. doing here? I don't know. 
How am I supposed to have sympathy for this character? That's how much he dislikes the dear departed Gilbert Godfrey. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad Gilbert finally got his check. Yeah, what is a more beautiful thing than seeing that? Gilbert holding a big money for you. When I die, I hope that's what I see. (laughs) Gilbert Godfrey standing at your bedside with a large check. That would be really great. Those, I'm putting that. I'm putting that in my hope chest. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that is it for Ooh. for uh, Gilbert Gottfried. Ship happens yeah. in Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> yeah. He was there. He did it. What did, What did we learn? What was special? Yeah. What'd you What'd you learn, David? What, I think what, I uh, learned that the liberal elites have gotten to me because I think I'm too woke for marriage with <laughs> children now. <'cause... laughs> You've been canceled, David. No, I'm not canceling. I'm trying to cancel married with children, and now people you know, on Fox News are going to be wringing their hands over this and being like, "It's nothing sacred or something." I don't know because it was tough to enjoy because I feel like it's just so hateful of like women. And even, like, the media stuff is just, like, the media is the enemy, kind of. I got that vibe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the uh, Latina reporter. Joke. joke. Yeah. Yeah. The joke is just that she has a Latin name name and has an accent. And I'm just like, I don't know if I can handle it. I mean, it's not to say I didn't find any parts funny, but it a lot of it I didn't find funny. I'll put it that way. And I had trouble in Maybe it's just a sign of the times, I guess you could say. Well, it's pretty low on jokes. It's always been pretty low on jokes, mm. unless you think a Latina reporter is funny, like yeah. a lady airline pilot or mm. whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, similar to you, David. I, I don't even know that. I, I don't even think I got to the point of feeling like I was too woke <laughs> for it. It was just like this. Just isn't even like putting aside the the misogynistic jokes and the mm. vaguely racist jokes, like everything else just wasn't that funny like it was just so lazy yeah like ha ha oh al drew the short straw al's dick is small waka waka like just this isn't even i can handle a little bit of of yeah blue humor or like even some you know uh uncomfortable then really uncomfortable now kind of stuff if it's like smartly written or someone put a little effort into Mm -hmm. it it's like the laziest, just like Al doesn't like fat people. His dick is small. He doesn't want to have sex with his wife. These are jokes, apparently. Like it's just, I don't know. Fat people like straws. Yeah, <laughs> or something. <laughs> like, if a character was a cokehead, I would get them having straws. Yeah, but like, like you can drink and get calories without a straw. Like, yeah, what's doing it? So I guess yeah. I learned Married with Children, not that funny. <laughs> it's I never liked it. I did used to hate watch it as a kid just because I knew it would make my parents mad. So I would watch it by myself because I'm getting away with something. And it's still so naughty. Um, it was fun to watch Gilbert just like mm-hmm. lampoon himself like that. He knew what he was getting his paycheck for. and He was the he was best part willing. of the episode. I mean, no, no kidding. Like, <laughs> for I as learned, much as... Right? Yeah, as much as he was the butt of the, like, oh, his comedy is terrible joke, I'm like, you're the funniest thing in this episode. Right, right. They were hating the best man. I was like Jefferson, just applauding for him. And I learned he could do a Seinfeld impression, which is just amazing to see him turn the Gilbert off. And and I learned, I learned, what else did I learn? I learned that... Gilligan's Island can make you a sea captain. So our whole podcast is not for nothing. And yeah, yeah, no, it's not the good show, but it's it's, it's fun to revisit because this was such a big part of the 90s and it just went on yeah. for like until the X-Files. So here we go again, Gilbert. Enjoy that check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, David, where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Dr. Bits, where I, I don't know, I probably won't be talking about Gilligan's Island, so there's that. Do it. But I'm that's, super that's where you that's for sure. Fox, Fox <laughs> News Mob, that's where you find David yeah, yeah, yeah. At, uh, at Dr. Bits. <laughs> Send out your Russian bots. And phasers on, yeah, on yeah. kill. Bring them on. <laughs> <laughs> And at the real gentleman of leisure.com. I was going to say more, but I'm, I'm going <laughs> to. Refrain. 
Uh, Carolyn, how about you? Where can we find you um, online? Well, once you see Hags quiet down, <laughs> you can find me <laughs> online, Carolyn Main, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N, like the street. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. And, oh, check me out on Redbubble. I've got some fun drawings and patterns up. You can get things on a hat or a shower curtain or whatever. There's a great sitcom drawing I did with our last episode's guest, Greg Begoni, with a bunch of wet hot tub and sitcom dads. Or just a bunch of other stuff. So check it out on redbubble.com. Carol in Maine. Look that up, guys. Yay, Redbubble. I like it. Order some random stuff from Redbubble every once in a while. Again. They're pretty fun. It's fun to put up a pattern and see it go on a bunch of different stuff. Right, right. Uh, as for me, you can uh, find me on Twitter, extolling the virtues of Red Lobster at mm-hmm. Austin Gorton. <laughs> and you can read my writing at realgentlemanofleisure.com, uh, as well as Comics XF and Comic Book Herald and probably some other places around the internet. Uh, find me on Twitter and I'll link to all that kind of stuff there. As for the show, uh, we are a very special episode. You can, uh, download and listen to our show at our website, a very special episode podcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at AVSE pod, uh, email us at AVSE podcast at gmail.com. And of course, uh, download, at iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, etc., uh, etc. Et so for a very special episode, this is Austin Gordon, and I am off to drink some Snapple. That was a very special episode. We dissected that shit from head to toe. Did the time fly by, or was it slow? Got so many life lessons. Oh, how we've grown. Seen so much TV that we're gone.